Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode number 213, entitled what goes into organising and cancelling a live WordCamp? It was published on Thursday the 21st of January 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and just a very short bit of housekeeping before we begin. We have a website, it's wpbuilds.com and we keep all of the content that we create over there. A few links that I might like to mention, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. Having listened to the podcast, if you feel you'd like some more of that, head over to that page and you can subscribe in all the usual ways. So for example, we have an email list, well two in fact, those emails will either, depending on which list you sign up to, tell you about the content that we produce, so podcasts and news episodes and so on. But also there's another one, should you wish to be told about WordPress deals as and when they come up. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. You'll find our YouTube channel, Twitter feed, and our Facebook group, which is a very friendly place of over 2,700 WordPressers. Another one to mention is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. That's a page which stays up all the time. It's not a Black Friday thing, but it feels a bit like Black Friday. It's there 365 days of the year and product owners in the WordPress space have reached out to us and given us coupon codes. So if you're thinking of buying something this week, perhaps check that out. wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And finally, wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you have a WordPress product or service and you would like to put it in front of a specific WordPress audience, which we have, then feel free to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise, a bit like AB split test did. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything with anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we're having a really nice episode today because I love talking about WordCamps. If you've never been to a WordCamp before, it was, until recently, a live event where WordPressers would get together and share their experience and basically have a nice time thinking about WordPress, acting on WordPress and contributing to WordPress. I very much recommend, if you've never been to one, that you think about attending. Well, obviously, in the last year, with the pandemic that we've got on our hands, these kind of events have had to be cancelled, and which is a great shame. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we got to find out what was involved in setting up a WordCamp? And so today I'm joined by Sjord Blom, who is very experienced in setting up a WordCamp. He's been involved in numerous very large WordCamps. And so he talks about that. He talks about what's involved, what has to be done and how far the timeline stretches into the past and so on. What's the role of the volunteers and what was it like when they had to actually cancel all these WordCamps and take them online? We also get into a discussion about perhaps there's a future in which there's some sort of hybrid online and live events in the future. Anyway, WordCamps are the subject of today's episode. Sadly, the audio was a bit flaky during this episode. I'm not entirely sure why that was, but it was. And so you just have to cope with that. It's certainly listenable. And so I hope that you enjoy it. Hello there. 
Welcome to the WP Builds podcast once again. Thank you for making it this far. We've got an interview today and I'm chatting with Seward Blom. Hello. Hello, Nathan. Did I get the name right? You did it perfectly well. I uh, I had to have a few practices before we started recording. The reason... Uh, We know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There's no way I was going to get that right first time. The reason that I've got Seward on the podcast today is because of WordCamp Europe. Now, we're recording this in August. It will publish a couple of months after that, so there'll be a little bit of a lag. But the the news around this will still be fairly painful, I think, uh, because obviously WordCamp Europe was due to take place in Porto this year. It never happened for reasons which nobody needs me to go into. And then we had the news that it was going to be postponed and it was going to take place in the exact same place pretty much a year later. And then that got postponed as well. So it's in the aftermath of that. And Seward is one of the the organisers. I'm not sure exactly what your role is, so we'll come to that in a second. But we're here today just to talk about what it involves to put on a WordCamp, the levels of disappointment that might have been felt, what kind of things... Um, need to be done uh, to mitigate this kind of thing in the future and so on. So first of all, Seward, what what is your official involvement in WordCamp Europe for 2020-21? Well, my official involvement, uh, and now let's talk about the regular WordCamp Europe 2021, yep. um, was an organiser for the volunteer team. Mm. And uh, when it was... Uh, transferred into a uh, online event uh, I became organizer in the um, communication team and uh, was in a, especially responsible for all the posts on Facebook and uh, and the website of course mm. did you um, in the run-up to the organization if we sort of rewind the clock now you may not have been involved right from the very beginning but rough, roughly speaking in order to put on an event in the, the first half of 2020, when did it start to develop as a thing? You know, when did you guys start to meet up and hatch plans and discuss what where it was going to be and all that? Well, a regular work camp usually starts somewhere in October. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it takes a lot of time just to assemble the team. Uh, usually we have already uh, the previous team Posting announcements for uh, call for organizers, call for volunteers, etc., stuff like that, and all this uh, these applications come in, and the lead organizers they uh, select the lead organizers for the particular team, like communication volunteers, sponsors, etc., etc. And these uh, organizers, team organizers, they select their own uh, people for their team. Mm. So. That's when in October you are able to to start your own uh, activities for the for the uh, for the event. Okay, I recall being at WordCamp Europe 2019 in Berlin, and they obviously announced the event at that point. Its location, should I say? In fact, I seem to remember that they announced it about. 10 seconds before they should have announced it, a slide came up with Porto on it and they hadn't said the word, which is quite entertaining. But so clearly there's there's work that goes on considerably prior to to the October deadline from the, the lead organisers. I guess they're scoping out possible venues and things. So it, rather than the October deadline when they're looking for volunteers, there's, there's more going on in the background prior to that as well, I guess. 
Yes, and usually mm, when you have a wood camp, um, it's a team of uh, local uh, organizers. They uh, prepare an application for a wood camp. So uh, during um, the wood camp in Berlin in 2019, uh, there were, I think, two applications already in early 2019. Somewhere in February, it's usually usually closed down, and then the selection proceeds to take place. In this um, application, you have to present the entire plan for for a work camp event, uh, like the venue, uh, the date, um, and the expected number of people, and maybe uh, some budgetary uh, aspects. Mm. And upon and that is going to be um, the start of actually the real work camp. But that's all behind the scenes. We don't see uh, see that. Only as organizers, we suddenly uh, see a lot of people from from a, a certain team uh, are being hooked up uh, into our own teams. Yeah. And those are usually the, the the local organizers for the event of the next year. So usually get uh, you have the standard team, and then um, slowly new people are uh, added to the team, mm. and that way they learn the tricks of the, the the team that is uh doing the thing uh, at that very moment yeah yeah so the the previous team handover i think in some cases it's quite common for people to just sort of keep going as well isn't it you know there's several people who just keep into the next one and hopefully there's enough bodies on the ground to to make that happen um okay so we're into october 2019 and the application goes out for all these things the intention of this podcast really is to give people like me who have attended these events well i guess to anybody really whether they've attended or not some insight into the level of detail the level of planning that goes into it so that when we read the the press article that WordCamp Europe has been cancelled you know and we sort of shrug our shoulders and think oh dear that's a bit of a blow I'll have to get my ticket refunded so that we have much more appreciation of well the, the real disappointment that must be felt by people like yourself who've given time and no doubt you know put things on hold that they could have otherwise been doing so what from your perspective was was that were the things that you had been involved in since october um in the run-up to the decision to to finally cancel it what kind of things go on what do you need to do what things need to be in place things that need to be in place um are um quite a lot of things like uh sponsorships mm-hmm. you need to uh get the sponsors ready they have to to uh, to pay their um, the sponsor uh, funding. Um, you have to um, prepare a lot of things for for the event for the venue. Um, printing is usually already uh, in progress because uh, you have just uh, finished your design of um, the, the the logo, the the color scheme, stuff like that, all the banners. Uh, these are things that are being prepared also. Uh, usually you already had uh, a walkthrough with the, uh, the team. It's uh, usually somewhere in, in, in January, February, when the team says, okay, um, most of the things uh, we have already inside our head now, and now we need to see if it, is, um, it will fit into the venue. Uh, you usually get a platform uh, or um, you get a, a plan of the, the venue and then you say, okay, we can use that venue for that uh, talk. 
uh, that uh, room for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the green room for the speakers, etc., etc., etc. This is all on paper. It looks okay, mm-hmm. but then you take all those ideas, those plans to the to the venue. So usually the whole team is um, flown in into the um, uh, the organizer city. And they do a tour around the venue and and, and check if uh, if it's all uh, doable. Mm. Yeah, and I'm I'm so, guessing. Uh, sorry, carry on. Yes. No, it's it's, it's actually uh, all, uh, the the plan is already uh, the idea is already uh, quite uh, complete in 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 February, and uh, it just needs to be confirmed by the real uh, real life situation. Yeah, I mean all of that sounds very. Um, easy when you say it you know you've, you've obviously been through this and it was, it was you went through the different processes and what have you but roughly speaking and I, you may know the exact number for this you may not it may just be plucking a number out of thin air how many hours do you think of your time you you dedicated to this um up until the point where eventually there was there was no need for you to dedicate any more time um it's 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 a it's a climbing curve. Uh, in the beginning, it's only uh, one or two hours a week, but uh, somewhere around um, January, it's it's about eight hours a week. Um, it go it, it even goes up. It it flattens a little uh, during that uh, the time, but as as as, uh, as far as the event uh, approaches and uh, as near as it gets. It can be almost forty hours a week. By wow! May. Wow! So in the right at the beginning, a couple of hours a week, whilst you're just figuring out what's what, and then it goes to eight hours a week, which is to me, you've lost. Well, lost is the wrong word. Um, you have donated, shall we say, uh, one day a week minimum, and then as the event approaches, it's possibly up to the entire week. That's a phenomenal amount. A phenomenal amount of time. Do you feel um, do you feel that it's you know the the burden falls on too few shoulders? In other words, it, are there enough people volunteering to make WordCamp sustainable, or are, are we just relying on a few stalwarts who always show up, a few people who are prepared to really give up significant proportions of time? Um, you know, does the balance fit fall evenly? Do you think, or is it just the the good people like yourselves? Well, both of it. Mm. Actually, it's always the same people. Um, but we have uh, a rule. You're not allowed to uh, to be a lead organizer uh, for two years in uh, after two years in a row. You're not allowed to to be a lead organizer another time. Uh, so you want to keep the the ball rolling and have new people come in. Um, but usually people say, um, okay, I've been a lead organizer for that and now I'll be volunteering uh, for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I'll be, uh, applying again for, for, uh, for WordCamp and don't want to be a lead organizer, but just a regular organizer. So there's a lot of expertise, uh, going through the event. Um, uh, what, what, uh, is also intriguing is that usually the, when, you, when an event happens in in, in, in a certain uh, country, the local people over there also join in. Yeah. So either as a volunteer or either as an organizer. So it, it attracts new people as well. Like in, in Belgrade, we saw a lot of um, 
a lot of um, uh, Serbian people uh, hop in, but also people from from the area, uh, from the other countries around, like uh, Romania. Mm. So it attracts uh, new people, and and the same will be hap- uh, would will be happening in um, in Porto as well. Yeah, where we would see a lot of people from from uh, from Portugal, and well, to be honest, uh, but. Porto is quite uh, in in the corner of Europe. Mm, mm. So if they want, if they were planning to to uh, attend the event in Berlin, um, that would cost them a lot of money, and they wouldn't have gone uh, yeah. to to Berlin. So uh, I think distance is, uh, does matter as well for for people to to uh, become a volunteer or an organizer. I saw the pictures. There's always the customary picture, which is taken. I presume I have a recollection that it was at the end of WordCamp Europe 2019, and there they all were, all the volunteers in their pink EU 2019 T-shirts. And the picture was pretty big. I seem. I'm guessing that there were a hundred plus people involved. And whilst many of them, like yourself, would have given up significant amounts of time, perhaps many of those as well would would have given up just the time at the event itself. So my question from that is really, do you have an insight roughly how many people have volunteered for WordCamp 2019, even if it was just a small amount of time or a large amount of time? How much how much charitableness are we are we asking for here from how many people? Well, you have to distinguish two, two groups of uh, people. You have the volunteers, the real volunteers, and the organisers. Mm. So organising team um, was around... 60 or 70 people. Um, I think volunteers uh, was around 150 or 160, maybe even more. Yeah. Um, so, but the volunteers themselves are people who did not organize, but who are instructed to to follow a certain role. And they are involved for just four hours, they're scheduled for four hours to do a particular job. And that might be once, uh, or twice a day, and, and, and so it might be four hours in day one, and four hours in day two, or even uh, if they are um, willing to help out a little more, they can even do four hours in day one, four hours another four hours in day one, and then uh, drop out in day two. So um, that's what they do. They are prepared uh, beforehand. They have um, we have a small instruction. Uh, Tour, uh, tour around the venue. Uh, they get to, to know the rules, um, the code of conduct, stuff like that. And they are instructed how to deal with, um, with people and be the host for the event. Yeah. And the organizers, they coordinate actually the volunteers. It's, it's a finely oiled machine. I confess that WordCamp Europe 2019 was the first European WordCamp that I'd attended, you know, been to lots of local ones in the UK, equally well-oiled machines, but nothing on that scale. Um, and it, yeah, I'd, I'd heard about the all of this that goes on in the background and, you know, the, the sort of like gathering everybody together at the beginning and giving them sort of a workshop, if you like, on, on how to, how to, how to decide where everything goes and what everybody's roles is and all of that kind of stuff. But it's still, it's astonishing that it's as well oiled as it is because any event that I've ever been to before, there may have been a handful of volunteers and I'm not talking about WordCamp events here. I'm talking about events that have got nothing to do necessarily with WordPress. Volunteering isn't really the thing, you know, it's normally the event is put on, it's a for-profit thing and the people will 
require uh, payment in exchange for their time and so on. So it is a really, really interesting dynamic. Amazing that so many people can be brought to bear at one time. Um, something philanthropic. You know, you know what? It, it, it's, it's also an event to to meet friends yeah. again because a lot of volunteers have been volunteering for, I, mean, I think, eight or nine times already. And they don't just uh, volunteer for work in Europe. They also uh, volunteer um, other work camps, mm-hmm. local work camps, like work in London or Paris or uh, wherever they um, they want to go and wherever they accept it. And usually it's just uh, volunteers saying, uh, okay, um, how are we volunteering at that event? Can we meet over there as well? And nice. when you uh, just see this, these volunteers seeing each other again, it's, it's hugging and, and greeting and how are you and how are you? They all know each other, most of them actually. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so really it's, it's, yeah. it's a huge family. It's 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 it's, it's great, and I, I can imagine why so many people want to uh, volunteer and uh, for work in Europe. Because yeah. It's it's, uh, it's the opportunity to meet all the people. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean that's my experience. Certainly, just turning up as an attendee, you you get to meet familiar faces. The first time was a bit awkward for me, I think, and then two or three times <laughs> later, it becomes, oh hello, and you're just sort of waving at each other across the room, and it's all very wonderful. You mentioned earlier about advertising, and that was one of the one of the first things to get in place, and obviously that that brings up the spectre of of money, um, and clearly a, a huge. I mean, good grief! I mean, WordCamp Europe, three thousand people. An enormous conference centre, a beautifully uh, appointed hotel, really everything well put together. You know, the the advertising space was brilliant. Clearly, tons of thought had gone into all of this. And it it just brings to mind the question, this cannot be free. I mean, it's it's there's advertisers and what have you. I, w- I was wondering if there's any any involvement in from the WordPress Foundation. If if there's any reaching into the pockets, do do they help, or is it purely advertising and tickets? It's purely advertising and tickets. Mm, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, it yeah. Is that is that, an, is that is that a good dynamic? Do you think? Do you think that's the the way it should be? I don't know if you want to get into the politics of this, but I wonder if if the the WordPress Foundation. Ought to um, well, I'm, I'm personally, I'm personally speaking, I'm not too fond of um, uh, commercial um, organisations having a lot of control mm, nice. because they found, found the uh, the event. So it's, it's also a huge risk because they can say, okay, if you're not going to do this, I won't uh, bring in a huge pile of money just. 10% of it. Mm. Uh, that's the risk you have. Um, yes, it's, 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 uh, how it's used to work, uh, and it still works, but maybe someday, um, the commercial, um, organizations might get, uh, more, uh, try to get more influence, mm. uh, on the organizing, uh, team. I don't know. So uh, very Enough. specifically, just, just thinking about the word, Press Foundation, just that organisation, they they don't um, have any financial input into this. No, okay, yeah, no. I, yeah. Uh, the other uh, thing they do is uh, they verify the budget, so they control and they approve uh, the budgets of the events. 
Right. So the money, let's say that we're a year out and advertising, sorry, sponsorship money has begun to roll in from, uh, I don't know, plug-in developers and hosting companies, as which is quite typical. That money is then diverted through the WordPress Foundation, is it? They hold on to that money sort of like in escrow, if you like, and, and then decide when it's going to be released, because obviously that would be a bit of a stretch, wouldn't it, for the volunteers themselves to be in charge of the bank accounts. I guess that wouldn't be a position anybody would want to be in. All, well, actually, all payments are done through um, Working Foundation. Yep. Um, they, uh, so they get all the money in, and they pay the bills for, for uh, the new and catering and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Well, That's in simplistic uh, description. Yeah. yeah. In how it works. It's really... Um... It, it kind of brings me nicely, I suppose, to the the, the sort of sad the sad reality of this year. Um, you know, everybody recognises that what what has happened needed to happen. Things must be cancelled. I remember prior to WordCamp Europe being cancelled. Can can you remember the the sort of storm in a teacup which occurred upon WordCamp Asia, which was its inaugural event? It was due to be held in Bangkok. Oh, I'm going to say February this year, possibly earlier. I can't remember. But it was right at the very beginning yeah. of the, the COVID epidemic. And at, and at that time, the the, the, the spread of the, the virus was largely in that part of the world, shall we say, you know, drawing a broad circle around the, the, the eastern part of Asia. And, and one day, very sad news came through. I remember reading it on WordPress Tavern, and it was just to say, this event has been cancelled and there was mixed reactions there was though there were those people who took the medical angle and thought well this is very sensible it doesn't make a lot of sense i think it was 800 people they were thinking would show up to that event it doesn't make a good deal of sense to put 800 people into a melting pot in the well in this case bangkok and then send them back home and you know with all of the risks that that that, that has and then there was another body of people who at that point hadn't grasped what would ultimately happen with the virus. Probably with reflection, they'll look back and think, okay, maybe that was the wrong call. But there seemed to be a, a little bit of disagreement and how can, how, who decides this? And so th that's, that is my, dis that's my, that's my question really. Who does decide to cancel yes, such an who event? who does decide? <laughs> who? Well, uh, um, that was actually uh, what we had in, um, in January. Uh, end of January, because then I already heard some 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 rumours on uh, cancelling work of Europe uh, Asia, uh, work of Asia. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Um, so we were already discussing uh, with a couple of people what if, and um, should we prepare for a possible cancellation? So we already investigated a lot of things like. What does it mean? Can we cancel? Uh, what does it mean for? Uh, what does the venue uh, want us to do, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So we already did some 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 uh, investigations on uh, possible cancellations. Uh, when the event uh, in Asia was cancelled, fine uh, officially, um, sponsors started to uh, speak to us and say. Uh, dear WordCamp uh, WordPress uh, community, please cancel WordCamp Europe as well, etc., etc. You can find a post on uh, on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, there was a public 
demand to cancel mm. the event. Yeah. Um, so uh, we had a talk, uh, a, a town hall meeting, actually, with all the organizers in, in Zoom. And uh, we came to the conclusion, maybe we should cancel it. And um, actually, it was the decision was made um, by our team in, co- uh, in uh, cooperation with, uh, um, with with the foundation. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was it was a joint decision, and um, I think I think that's the best thing to do, or actually have um, uh, community services uh, make the announcement themselves. To take off the burden from 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 uh, from the organizing team. That's what happened. Uh, for instance, Work of Asia. Mm. Uh, the foundation made the announcement. Uh, Work of Asia is being cancelled. Or so. So um, I, th- I think um, we, we, we went uh, because we were looking uh, into other options already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we we made a, a, a deliberate deci- uh, decision on. Uh, should we cancel? Should we postpone? And can we make the announcement together? And that's uh, actually what happened. Yeah, I seem to remember the the the, the pieces that of the the jigsaw puzzle that I'm trying to put together in my mind were that the the reporting around WordCamp Asia it felt as if the WordPress Foundation and specifically Matt had somehow magicked this decision out of thin air. And at that time, because the because the risk of the virus was really poorly understood, there were people who just thought this was some arbitrary decision. Turns out, uh, with hindsight, it was probably a committee decision uh, and also probably the the best decision that was at all on the table. But at the time, there were many voices who just didn't see that part of the jigsaw. So I'm so pleased (laughs) that they did cancel it. And I'm so pleased also that you guys very quickly... Uh, well, soon after that, cancelled as well. But good for you as well, I think, also in that the the medical information that was coming was was in no way confusing at that time. You you were getting information from all all sorts of parts of the world, you know, northern Italy and Spain and what have you. That th- there's just no way that this should go on. And I think you were lucky to have a a couple of maybe a month or so between your decision and the WordCamp Asia decision to, to for, for the medical information to get through and for people to actually be clamoring. No, just cancel it. Don't put it on. I'm not coming. And if you put it on, I'm going to tell everybody else not to come kind of thing. So that was, yeah, remarkable and probably quite brave because there must have been an awful lot of downsides to cancelling, not just financial but you know the uncertainty about what should we do in its place. So that's where I want to move the discussion now. Let's talk about let's talk about the horrible subject of money first. Did any I know that my ticket price was returned very soon after the event. I got it and it was all very easy and painless for me. I just literally got the money back one day. How about the the sort of sponsorship side of things and the money involved paying for the venue and all of that did did any of that get lost along the way or consumed because of i don't know insurance policies that weren't in place and so on well to be honest i'm not uh, in the sponsor team i haven't mm. been in there so mm. uh, 
not not really sure if any money got lost. Mm-hmm. I've seen the discussions on uh, on uh, refunding tickets, um, uh, refunding sponsor uh, budgets as well. Um, so, if you want to to uh, look into that, I think we should uh, ask somebody else. Yeah, uh, that's uh, fair enough. That's pilot, okay. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the other stuff then. The obviously it would be a difficult decision to cancel, but the right decision, as we've said. What what kind of things needed to happen? Um, you know, I'm thinking about cancelling venues, sending out emails. There must have been suddenly. A, a very large but very different body of work than the work you were expecting because it's not like as a volunteer you can suddenly go well it's not on that's it I'm done yeah you know, there's still yeah. things to be done even though they're not the same things true uh, cancellation was done through foundation they already had the experience with uh, worker basing mm. so they were pretty much uh, experienced in refunding it uh, quicker than, than you, you could imagine. Mm. You know that now. Um, but also, cancel uh, the the venue. We already checked uh, if we could um, organize uh, in 2021 yep. at that time. So we already re- uh, booked uh, a reservation for the venue for the next year. Also in June, same same uh, same time slots uh, actually. Um, and then. We uh, we were refunding uh, all the other um, or other stuff like uh, the contracts, uh, sponsorships, etc., etc., and all was uh, accepted. Uh, I think um, because of the COVID nineteen yeah. uh, issue at that time, Portugal was also um, seeing an increase of uh, COVID infections. So. Um, it was easier to to uh, to realize that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think by that point the decision was kind of common sense, wasn't it? That yeah. the cancellation decision. Whereas for the, I think the word Campasia one, it was much more of a toss a coin in the air at that point. But with remarkable foresight, that decision was made. So that was great. The um, so the event was the physical event was cancelled. You know, the tickets got refunded. The the venue was put on hold for another year. But the decision at some point, and I, I don't know the time frame on this because it felt like there was a few, maybe a few weeks between cancellation and then the announcement of the online event. But it felt to me like the online event was announced almost as if it was fully fledged and ready to go. That is to say that, you know, there was not like, well, we're going to put an online event, hold on and we'll give you some information. It kind of felt like, well, we've, we're going to put on an online event and here's how it's going to happen. So there must have been quite a lot of work going on. Again, was it people like you stepping into the breach and organising it? And if so, what was that like? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said it. It, it, it looked like it was already uh, <laughs> done. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, I, the, uh, the announcement of cancellation was on, on March 12th. Yep. And I think uh, about two weeks Afterwards, we had uh, we had formed a new team. Uh, it was a trimmed down team. So the organizing team uh, for the regular event was asked, "Are you willing to to participate in organizing uh, an online event?" So that was the question we had just on the day of the cancellation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think uh, about 50% of the team said, okay, we're going to uh, to do that and we want to join and see what will happen. We nice. had no idea on uh, how to do things. Yeah. Really. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so well, there was only 10 weeks before the real event took place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, we had a huge task in uh, designing a complete entire new event. Uh, like, uh, how are we going to to organize an, event, an online event? What does it look like? Um, will we have a contributor day? Um, what should look, uh, that look like? Um, how about the speakers? Can we use them? Um, uh, they were already selected uh, for, for their talks. Uh, can we use them again? Uh, are they willing to cooperate? Uh, how are we going to, to, to broadcast? Are we going to stream on YouTube, uh, Facebook? Uh, all kinds of questions. What should it look like? So at that time, there were also a couple of other events um, online. Um, and we looked at those events, how they organized it. And we got some some ideas on how to do things and how to do things, not to do things, actually. So it was uh, it was kind of uh, chaotic uh, yeah. organization. Um, we we had to to test uh, a few things like platforms. There are virtual uh, platforms that look like like an event, mm. an online event, around tables. And when you have a stage with a, with a screen on it, right. where you can see it, a speaker, stuff like that. Uh, we tested those. We had uh, demos. Uh, and But meanwhile, time yes. continued. Yes. So uh, I think um, we, we were willing to, to, to make it look like a, a virtual event. But um, there were some some hiccups in in, in the platform, and there were also things like um, accessibility, which uh, right. was not fully uh, implemented, hmm. uh, which is a huge issue if you're in a, in a WordCamp uh, or WordPress community. Yeah. So we finally decided to just stream it through YouTube, um, have the, uh, the closed captioning. Um, which was already booked, and they said we can hook in uh, onto your your uh, stream. There's no problem. So they did that, and then we were looking at options like um, what can we do with sponsors? Because sponsors they were willing to to sponsor if the platform was um, or the event was useful to them as well. They should be able to present themselves, uh, stuff like that. So we found this combination you've seen right now for work in Europe, uh, where we use uh, Slack for uh, Contributor Day uh, together with Zoom sessions. Mm. Um, we had uh, speakers uh, pre-record their own talks yeah. so we could um, prepare the, the videos with, with logos and hook them into the slides, uh, which they uh, send in as well. So it looked more like like um, a real professional event. We had even uh, uh, a tune and a logo yes. Uh, yes. moving in yeah. between scenes. So uh, it, 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 it evolved very, very quickly. It was it was a huge uh, event uh, happening. Actually, we were so much surprised to see uh, 
oh, we can do this, you can do that. Um, we can have uh, Zoom sessions, uh, we can have Q&As after the, yeah. uh, the talks, yeah. and then uh, do Zoom. Uh, and sponsor booth uh, in Zoom as well. And to a surprise, which uh, there was one thing we did not expect, that was the after party, that people organized their own <laughs> after party during Zoom sessions. So four hours after the the the, 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 talk, the last talk had finished, uh, there were still 30 or 40 people in the Zoom sessions and having uh, a drink and, and, and ha have their own after party. Yeah. So yeah. somehow the people uh, accepted the, the, the whole concept and they, they made their own uh, idea and, and their own uh, version of, of a word game. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel that we're in a time at the minute where we're just trying to figure all this out, aren't we? These these online events to which, you know, not just the WordPress community, but every community writ large across the world, all of them have got events where people fly in and, and participate and all of that. And they're suddenly thrown into this mess of trying to figure out what that should look like now that the the work the the real person to person event has has been taken from us and and I feel that we're in a transition time and so like you said you you examine these platforms where they try to mimic the real world and have pretend tables and a pretend uh stage and all of that and and it, it whilst it looks really nice it also feels like it's it's not it, it, mimicking it is maybe not the right decision um and and I've I confess I've looked at these platforms again for for various other reasons and made drawn the same conclusion I I much prefer to to just turn up to a page with some comments by the side and just tune in I I'm not really that keen to to sort of pretend to sit at a table with people and so on and so forth but I I could be in the minority but we've we're faced now with the the cancellation of 2021 um, I'm assuming I, I can't. My memory is failing me here. I'm assuming that there'll be an online replacement for that, like there was this year. Mm, yeah, mm, that was a. We're, 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 that's, we're working on that one. Um, okay. There's nothing official yet. So, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and it just. I, I think by the time that we get to that this time next year, I have a. I have a vague feeling that the way these events look. And the expectations from people will have shifted. You know, somebody at some point in the next year, I feel, is going to just crack out, crank out an event which is really different. And everybody will go, that's that's what it should be like. That's the way we need to make it. Um, but we're not there yet. And then sadly, the news, which happened very recently, um, again, we are recording this um, when this news just came out. The opposite for WordCamp US, they've made the decision to to cancel it wholesale for this year, 2020, the event which was due to take place later towards the end of this year has been cancelled in every which way possible. So there's no in-person event, there's no replacement. And they they cited that they thought there was, I'm going to choose my words carefully here, I think the word was fatigue. They thought that there was fatigue of online meetups. Um, and I wonder what, what you thought about that. You know, did you feel that the 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 WordCamp Europe online was it a success? Did you sense that it was a bit of a you know? Did it please you? Did it disappoint you? Were you happy with the outcome? Were there lots of lessons to be learned? Well, most of the questions uh, I fully agree. Um, I love them. I love the event. It was great. Uh, the outcome 
that was surprising me. Like 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 uh, the uh, the after party uh, Zoom sessions that just popped up. Uh, also, the number of attendees, eight thousand registered attendees. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's, it's extraordinary. Um, but also the fatigue. I can imagine that um, people are have been doing all kinds of Zoom sessions um, uh, because uh, they just. I'm not leaving their own uh, own, own premises. They, they stay stay at home, have um, professional uh, Zoom sessions because of uh, people working at home. People are done with it. They just don't want to um, being. Uh, they don't want to be watching um, the screen uh, all day long mm. for for two three days. I don't think it's uh, it, it's enough for that moment. Mm. So I can imagine that what the U.S. sees a sudden fatigue. Um, I agree. Uh, if that's the reason for for cancelling uh, an online event as well. The 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 nice that so it's a, both a drawback and a benefit. My experience was with WordCamp Europe in person in 2019 was that it was very busy for me. Uh, as it turns out, I was actually doing what I'm doing now to you. I was interviewing people. Um, at that event and so it was busy and you know not a moment of my time was diverted I was able to concentrate I had obviously had to get on a plane stay in a hotel and I was fully focused on what I was doing whereas I had I had that same intention for WordCamp 2020 online but I found that the the world the normal everyday world of my family and my house and the normal constraints of family life were were sufficient that i didn't attend anywhere near the amount that I was anticipating. You know, the ch- my son bumps his head, and that's me. There's the next. That's that's next session is not happening for me, and I need to go and cook a meal. So that that's I think the backdrop upon which um, upon which these online events have got to have got to. It's just reality, isn't it? You've got to cope with the fact that people are not going to drop in at nine in the morning and leave at seven in the evening they're going to drop in and drop out and the measure of success isn't isn't really uh how to describe it it's not that people are participating all the time that it's just people drop in drop out enjoy it find the ones they want to go to and and that's it you know we just expect a different range of outcomes and a different set of attendances true and also uh, because all the sessions are being recorded yeah um, you can just uh, watch it on demand. So it's, it's more like people watching uh, Netflix and, and do video on demand sessions. So they just watch uh, a, a video or, or a session whenever they want to, when they have time. Mm. Um, maybe maybe a WordCamp uh, online event will um, evolve into this as well. A video on demand, uh, a WordCamp on demand. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's a nice now, idea. We have yeah. what we have. We have uh, WordPress.tv um, with all the sessions sessions available. Uh, YouTube has an archive as, as well, so we can um, we can watch all those interesting talks uh, from uh, from our bedroom. Uh, yeah. Just uh, when we have a poor, poor night's sleep, we can yeah. see uh, and listen to Matt. 
Yeah, at stupid o'clock in the morning when you're not sleeping, you can switch it on and uh, and watch. Yeah, that's true. I, wondering a, a slightly bizarre question, perhaps. Uh, obviously, the the ad, the sponsorship is a key component, and and at the the events, there's a, a great deal of time and energy putting into making the sponsors stand out. You know, they're put in significantly prominent positions so that you 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 must, let's say, for example, walk past them, and they go to considerable lengths to to make their booths engaging, and you know they they. Put Put a lot of effort into it was that was that an area where we we've still got learning to do i have no insight into this i've just got a feeling that from an, an a sponsor's point of view it must be more difficult to to make your make your offering stand out or even be discovered on an online event that must be a challenge that has been a challenge yes it is um I'm not sure about the figures, but uh, if I had them available, I would not share them because those are more uh, yeah. competitive, yeah. competitive uh, figures. But uh, I know they have been struggling with how can we uh, attract um, uh, the attendees. Uh, I think that's also the advantage of, of organizing an online event. How can you make sponsors stand out? And that's when this, uh, these... Uh, virtual event areas uh, stand out. They have um, these uh, tables where people sit around and they have just around uh, and the sides of the, and the, the venue, they have those sponsor booths you can click on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's t- you know, like I was saying, this is what we're, this is the game we're in at the moment. We Currently, we don't seem to have any insight into when the world will return to air quotes normal. Um, so this is this is the job now, isn't it? Is to figure out what these platforms would look like. Should we wish to do WordCamps online, which I, for one, wish to happen? Um, what do they look like? How do we get the sponsorship so that it's uh, you know so that it's justified? It justifies the cost of the event to them, but also isn't so invasive that it feels like you're watching i don't know uh, television or something like that it's it's an interesting dilemma that we're going to have to kind of have to bridge in the next year or so um so, as always is the case we're s- sadly running out of time um is there anything that you feel you wished to cover that we never got a chance or i didn't ask the right question anything you wanted to say that i didn't get you to say Oh, actually, no. Oh, good. In that I think case. we've covered most most of it. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, it, it, it's okay. So I hope you have the insight you wanted to have. Yeah. And I hope the, the listeners are um, are more uh, uh, clear on, on on how an award camp is or is organised. Yeah. What, well, that was happens, very much it. Uh, how did you it, cancel something? Like yeah. That. How did it? How does it get put together? Who's involved? How many hours are involved? And what the impact of of COVID is for for the this year's events plus events going forward. I think we did a pretty good job. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, good luck you're if welcome. you're involved with the next one. Um, I hope it goes well. I hope so too. Thank you very much. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. A very interesting chat about a subject which I really am deeply passionate about. I do enjoy WordCamps. I've enjoyed attending them. And I'd had some inclination into what was involved in putting on a WordCamp, but by no means the depth that Seward was able to share with us today. I had no idea there was so much involved, so much lead time, so many different pieces making up the WordCamp jigsaw. And I'm really appreciative 
to all of those people who donate their valuable time. Very, very, very grateful indeed. Perhaps you've got some thoughts on whether or not we should continue some kind of hybrid events in the future, hopefully when the pandemic is behind us. Should we have events which are live but also available to be attended online? Or should we just go straight back to being live events let us know in the Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, or you can go to the comments at the bottom of the show notes on the podcast at wpbuilds.com. This is episode number 213. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your split test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in just a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and you can test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress Block Editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, we have a new podcast for you coming out next Thursday. They always come out Thursday, 1pm UK time. But that one, next week's one, will be myself and David Wormsley because we alternate them. An interview one week, which is the one you've just listened to, and a discussion or a debate or something like that with David Wormsley the following week. We're doing an episode series going through the letters of the alphabet A through Z or A through Z, depending on where you live discussing all of the different pieces that make up the WordPress ecosystem one letter at a time. We'll also be live 2pm UK time. That's in the WP Builds Facebook group, or you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. That's for our weekly WordPress news, which we're now calling This Week in WordPress. I'd love for you to join us and make some comments about the news from the previous week. Either way, there's lots going on. We'll see you in the Facebook group or around the internet, perhaps here this time next week. All I need to do is fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.